What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verts Podcast. Uh, as usual, we're going to be recapping some of the Week 9 games. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. recaps uh, said if you want to start us off here yeah um strange week another disappointing loss I thought it was kind of a strange game just in the fact that things were starting to get out of hand a little bit early um, we had another bad uh, offensive I mean defensive first half gave up a lot of yards didn't necessarily give up that much points um, gave up 14 in the first quarter six in the second um, over 330 yards in the first first half. So I thought it was going to be another long day. Um, offense really wasn't bad. We just shooting ourselves in the foot. Had multiple uh, touchdowns called back for play for uh, from penalties and multiple big plays called back. So there's just kind of things that our our offense, our team specifically, doesn't have that margin of error. We can't we can't have those and still come out on top. Um, I mean, I kind of I watched them. I kind of understand the one on the pick play. We run that play 300 times a year. Um, and I mean, not literally, but I mean, we run that play so much that doesn't get called that often. The one time it goes, we run it right. Adonis creates separation across the middle. Kyrick barely puts his hands up, barely touches the guy that's supposed to be t- uh, covering him and they call a pick play. I get it. The holding on Jameer's touchdown where he actually scored, I, I still have yet to find the hold. They called it again on Kyrie, but um, it was a good block. Hands were inside. He wasn't holding them. He was just blocking downfield, and they called a hold. Um, so that was disappointing. I think the game kind of turned. Uh, we, I mean, in the, after half, we came out there and uh, held them to – 160 yards of total offense, um, much better. We didn't have the big busted plays. I mean, really, defense wasn't terrible. We stopped them on the run. We were good on run fits for the most part. We had some busted plays, busted coverages, guys trying to do too much. And, like, I was sitting there talking to Jacob and Connor since they came with me. And I'm like, it's like we'll, we'll be just playing sound defense. And all of a sudden, one guy's trying to do something he shouldn't be or he's looking in the wrong place and, We've got a busted coverage, and that happened on the second drive of the game. That happened a couple times more throughout the game, and it cost us points, and it was frustrating. So um, we were only three for 12 on third down, and um, that's that's really bad. And a lot of those were third and intermediate yardage, not third and short, third and long, third and intermediate, and we are just inconsistent. Um, I thought there was a fourth down play that really kind of determined the game. We were going down, could have taken the lead. Uh, it was after uh, Jameer's long play where he busted it for about 60, 60 something yards. Props to the safety for, for tracking him down. Um, he was flying. And like Jameer in the post game uh, press conference said, you know, if that the field's not wet, he probably makes that cut like he does every time and, and scores. But 
he he slipped, rolled his ankle. Um, I know he was – I think he was out for the rest of the game, actually. Uh, he might have come back for a, a kickoff return, but didn't score. Went for it on fourth and about three. Um, the box had eight guys in it, and we had six blockers in. I really don't understand why we went with that play call, why Jeff didn't check to something different. Um, and Jordan came up a yard short. So that kind of turned momentum. They came back down, got a field goal, made it nine points. And uh, from there, I mean, we just we, – we couldn't get back in it. So frustrating to see another another game of just stupid mistakes costing us when, when it hurts. Um, I, I really don't have much to say about offense. We're about to get some guys back. Uh, healthy on the offensive line. Um, the guys that stepped in, they've been doing better. Um, so that'll be huge. But mainly it's just a defensive issue. And I, I don't see Thacker making it out of this, this problem. I mean, we multiple times you have guys looking towards the sideline as the ball's being snapped, looking for a call. Um, we have guys out of position, guys playing positions they shouldn't be. I just I, I think there's a serious disconnect somewhere on the defensive side of the ball. And if, if Jeff wants to save his own ass, he's going to have to make a change there. And I, I, I think he's smart enough to realize that. So we'll see. Yeah, it's almost like the sometimes the players on the back end aren't communicating with each other. Because like you said, I mean, the defense would be playing well, playing well, stopping the run. And then all of a sudden there's a dude wide open down the sideline because you yeah. got two guys covering one guy. And it's just like, dudes are trying to do other guys jobs it's like they're not right talking to each other and like getting i don't know but yeah I'm, just, not, I'm not sure where the a, disconnect is but i think there's a lack of trust um when it comes to guys knowing their assignment and doing their job i mean if i'll point out two plays the, the first one on the second drive that went for a touchdown on the third down um they pump fake it to the flat and three guys on that side your corner your nickel and your linebacker all get sucked up into the the pump fake and guys trying to make, supposed, yeah trying to make a play and you, you got miles sims he's supposed to be covering whoever takes off deep just gets sucked in there the guy gets behind him and it goes for a touchdown just that's not his assignment if he does his job and sticks with he gets whatever trash comes out of that basically whatever comes out of that formation he's supposed to go with him and he didn't and then on a touchdown play down on the goal line um Tobias does the right thing. I mean, the receiver lines up on the hash. So he's got roughly 20 yards to play with between the hash and the outs uh, and, and out of bounds. So ideally you're thinking he's going to use that 20 yards and to pop, pop, probably his route is going to be out towards that, that end. Tobias jams him inside, then looks at the quarterback as he's scrambling. And by the time he takes his eye off his man and looks, that receiver's done exactly that. He runs a little zig route right to the outside and they dump it off in the end zone. It's that play where me and Jacob thought the guy he overthrew him. You can immediately yep. see the bias. He does the initial play, jams the receiver, sends him inside. And then he just, it's like he is worried that, you know, whoever's on contain or whoever's green dog in the quarterback is, is not doing their job. And the next thing you know, he's toast. So that's the yeah. kind of shit that like, and I mean, I hate to bring this up because obviously, you know, I don't, I, it's not who I want to be talking about. But when you watch Georgia's defense, the amount of trust those guys have in each other to do their job and how disciplined they are, that's that's what a defense should look like. Like guys not worrying about what the other guys do and they just know they're going to do their job. They're worried about their assignment. Each coach has their position group coached up to be doing their assignment. And then you have a disciplined defense. I mean, you're not yeah. going to see breaks in coverage. Like I, I remember there's one play where Keely Ringo 
I think he tried to be a hero on one of the coverages and went to the deep route and they hit the 15 yard under route too. They snatched his ass off the field so quick and Kirby was in his face. You don't see that with us. It's like, you see a guy make a, a, a stupid play or busted coverage and it's just on to the next play. I mean, there ain't, Ain't shit, ain't shit being said to nobody. It's just well, like, I mean, part part of that is that I mean the same. It's the same way with South Carolina. Like, you can you can get after a guy, but you can't really take him off the field because the guy behind him is going to be substantially worse. But see, I I don't necessarily know if that's the case in certain areas, especially our 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 secondary. I mean, we like Miles Brooks. I think Miles Brooks is a really good player. When he's in the game, he's making plays. His ass is sitting there on the sideline watching Tobias and Trey play corner, and Zamari. And I mean. Those guys are only getting worse and only getting older. Yep. Why is Miles Brooks sitting on the sideline? If Tobias does some shit like that, snatch his ass out there and, and put Miles Brooks out there. I mean, hell, he's looked good. If he goes out there and makes mistakes, well, then you say, well, shit, you know, we did what we could. But it's just on the next play for the next guy. And they're, you know, clapping their hands like, oh, fuck, I'm fucked up. Yeah. That's it. I mean, shit's frustrating. I mean, obviously, I know we don't have the talent like Georgia does. I'm just saying in coaching, in terms of coaching, that's like what a coached up defense looks like. And ours looks like a very uncoached mess. Yeah. I mean, we were watching that Georgia game and there's one play where it was like some sort of fake or trick play or double pass or something. And uh, the receiver, whoever was throwing the ball through the ball downfield, I was like, oh, this guy's about to be wide open. And he, he was double covered over there because the safety and the corner just stayed on him. They didn't get their eyes caught in the backfield, like caught up in all that mess. They, they just, yeah. I mean, they got Nicobe Dean down there. He's going to tackle anybody. So they, they're doing they're their job. Not they may have not even yeah. known it was a trick play. They were yeah, covering. Just, they were assigned. Yeah, that's how they're covering. You know what I'm saying? I, I what and that my point when we were watching that was that would have been a hundred percent a wide open touchdown against us. Oh we yeah. We would have had we would have had three guys on the end oh, yeah. around pitch man and <laughs> thrown it right over their head. Oh yeah. And that's my point. Uh, so much of this is coaching. It's unbelievably bad. And I think it's Jeff wants to run his program like a Dabo where he runs the program, but he's got coordinators that, you know, each do their respective side. And I mean, if, if, you know, with all due respect, if he had Brent Venables, he wouldn't have to do anything with the defense. That's my point is you're, he's trying to run a program like, like that with Andrew Thacker as his defensive coordinator. It's not, <laughs> <gonna happen. laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. And so, I mean, one would hopefully, I mean, you would have to think he's not obtuse enough to know that or to think that he can just sit ride this, this shit out. I mean, hopefully he knows if he wants to save his own ass for his own good. I mean, the money's there. Go get some. Right. Well, the other thing is, is that you, you almost got to wonder if because Thacker was with him at Temple, right? Yeah, he's been his little. You got to wonder if he's. Yeah, you got to wonder if he's going to if he's going to quit on the guy he brought. I, I, like you said, I mean, I don't think he I don't think he has much of a choice. Yeah, longevity I, speaking, and he's finally starting to. And his pre pressers saying we have to do. I mean, I, Jeff's always going to put a positive spin on everything just because he's that guy. Like he's never just going to blatantly rip a player in a press conference. That's not what who he is, right or wrong. I don't care. Like people are frustrated because he just pumps sunshine. They say like, and I mean I get that. That's just, but that's who he is. And they say he's not like that at practice at all. But at the same time, like he's finally starting to say this is a coaching issue where we need to coach these guys better. Like he's finally starting to throw these little nuggets in there that you're kind of thinking, okay, he's, he's finally starting to to throw that up under the bus and put that one out there and kind of get us prepped for, I think he's going to make a, a change. I think he has to. So, um, 
I mean, that's really, I guess, all I have to say about it. It's frustrating. They're not a good team. And we had a terrible first half that we couldn't recover from, so. Yeah, well, I guess we can hop over to Georgia since we were already talking about their defense. Yeah, that was kind of a nice segue. <laughs> if he can do it in seven minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. Um, so, I it's mean. double what it normally takes him. <laughs> yeah, I try, to, I try to do my recaps quick just so we're not on here for two and a half hours. Um, so, um, I mean, the game uh, started off slow, um, scoreless first quarter, which is like the first time in, I don't, I think it was like uh, 30 or 40 years um, in the matchup or something like that. yeah, start off slow. Uh, Stetson started quarterback. Um, I'm assuming we're going to see Stetson every uh, game now. Um, you know, a couple games ago, I thought it was just because JT was hurt or whatever, but now it's seeming like Kirby wants Stetson out there um, at quarterback. Because he did say in um, one of the press conferences that he likes Stetson um, because he can stretch the field more, obviously. He's more mobile um, than JT. Um, he said JT does have some good attributes, but he said the mobility is probably the most important thing or the most important difference that makes Stetson better. And to be honest with you, um, our defense is so good, it wouldn't really matter um, which guy's out there. So, um, yeah, so as much as I – Stetson pains me. Um, I'm just having to get used to him. That but, that, yeah. that scares so, me a little bit. That feels like that feels like Kirby's chance to throw the perfect season away by just riding yeah. with Stetson the whole way. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. I mean, at the same time, we'll if, he's, if he's the best guy we got, we've seen, you know we've all mean? seen JT Daniels play though. I mean, all, all it's going to take is for one team to stack the box. I mean, because I haven't seen I haven't, I haven't seen a team do that yet. Well, I mean, because you can't really. Y'all have y'all have some athletes at receiver, so it's kind of you know what I mean. You can't leave them out there one on one every play because Auburn tried to do that and Lad McConkey went wild on them. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, I don't know. It's interesting because uh, I mean, he had a couple. He had a couple. He had two picks. Threw for like 160 yards, 19 attempts, 10 completions, and dude, the two interceptions weren't like, oh, that was a good play by the corner of the safety. No, it was a dumbass throw. Yeah, the picks were like. They were, yeah, dude. They were just like he was just tossing it up and didn't even see the guy down there. Like he would throw it, and he should have had three picks. They dropped, or they, um, I think they dropped one of them, or one was like within two yards of the guy. But he would just throw it up and not act like there's a safety coming over the top. I mean, he's just a gunslinger. He's kind. Of, he kind of reminds me of Patrick. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think if he sees somebody downfield and he's got. Time he just throws it. Well, him and Patrick are, I mean, Patrick's actually playing worse than him right now. So, <laughs> so. I mean, that's true. Ooh, I mean, uh, there was just like 
some deep throws where if it's like a legit quarterback sitting back there with a, a freaking cannon, he probably makes those throws, but he throws them and then you look and the ball's like floating in the air. Yeah, the ball's got like <laughs> 10 <laughs> seconds of hang yeah. time. It's like ballooned. It's like <laughs> the thing the thing that's funny about it is he can kind of throw it a long ways, but he has no zip on the ball. If he's if he's no. gotta throw it head high, I mean he's probably got what, maybe maybe 25, 30 yards where he can like for him to make the throw across the hash on like a 12 yard out is I mean that's just, that's about as much as he's got. Yeah, there's no, no he can no. he can throw it 50 yards in the air, but there, all I know is there was one that he threw and I was like, oh that's gotta be a pick. And then it ran <laughs> down downfield and the Florida guy's 10 yards behind the Georgia guy camping under it. It was just like <laughs> yeah. That feels yeah, like, me like most, doing, most passes. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. Like, dude. What are you doing? Y'all's defense is so fucking good it it's almost to the point where it doesn't matter. It just you just gotta wonder if if there's some offense offense out there that can that can put, can can do put something. more than thirteen points, yeah. yeah, you just have to wonder. Like, I, I don't I think mean, it's gonna, Ohio you, State. Um, after watching them, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, you, you got to think Bama could. Yeah, but I, I'm I mean, still I not think I think convinced. Bama, Bama, and Ohio State are the teams with the personnel to do it because you have to have so many receivers to like really get Georgia. Because like, I mean, you got to throw a lot of quick stuff. You're not going to sit back there and throw it deep and run a bunch of play action. You're also not going to be able to run the ball consistently enough to get play action going. So, I mean, those are the teams that have the line and like the skill position talent to do it. But even then, it's just a matter of how well their defense plays. Because if you can keep Georgia to you know twenty or so, I mean, you got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. So. It'll be interesting yeah. to see, though. We're, I mean, we're going to find out one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. We will. That is true. Um, we, we can keep wondering, but we'll know here soon. But yeah. Um, second quarter um, defense, we are just talking about, I mean, went crazy. Uh, we ended up scoring 21 points in two minutes yeah, off two, two turnovers. Yeah. Stetson actually had a beautiful ball, um, probably one of his best all year. Um, take Kiaris Jackson in the back of the end zone um, before halftime. That was good to see. Um, he made up for his stupid-ass pick that he had. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we ran the ball good. Zamir hit the century mark. Um I mean, offense is just kind of like moving right now because they're on the field a lot. Um, you know, they got time to work with a bunch of different calls and personnel groups and because the defense is just going ham. I mean, they've only allowed five touchdowns on the year and three of those were in the last two minutes of the football game. So, really, there's only been two touchdowns scored on our starting defense. Are good? Games. Is that yeah, good? That's okay. It's like NCAA numbers. Um, but yeah, I mean, they can't, Florida came in averaging like 250 yards on the ground a game, and they had 160. So, yep. all in all, it was, uh, it was great to see. Georgia whooped that ass down in Jacksonville. Naturally. 
not super surprising, but yeah. The world's largest cock party. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we move on to Clemson, Florida State. Yeah. Um, the nail biter. You know, what's funny about this is, is my dad asked me Saturday morning. He was like, All right, you got any final thoughts on this one? And I said, You know, I just have a feeling this game is going to be like all the rest of them. It's going to be a four-letter word. And, <laughs> God, if that wasn't true, um, you know, but obviously uh, we won by 10. We put up 30, which feels like 100. <laughs> um, and, you know, everybody that, that bet the under and everybody that bet um, against the spread it's got bad. absolutely destroyed on the, on the final fumble return for a touchdown by Barrett Carter. So, uh, sorry to those people. Sorry if you were one of those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, like last week I talked about there's there's been three main themes going on with our team right now. Uh, just being, you know, not capitalizing on opportunities to score, not being all that good on third down on either side of the ball. And then obviously the last one is just the play calling, the fact that we're not leaning on our running backs enough. Um so just kind of looking at those things against Florida State, missed opportunities to score. I feel like offensively, we 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 didn't leave a whole lot out there. I feel like we made the plays that were available to us, uh, by and large. Um, but I'm going to say we failed on this one, considering that our kicker, BT Potter, who's, I mean, has shown to be incredibly consistent. He's got a big leg. So, I mean, sometimes you run him out there and he'll give you one from 50, 55. Um, but, you know, just incredibly consistent over the past – what, two or three years that he's been our full-time kicker uh, Saturday. The only thing he was consistent at was being awful. Um, so, I mean, we kicked a field goal in every quarter. Um, and the first, I guess that would have been our second drive of the game. Um, zero, zero ball game. We have a pretty decent drive stall out around the 30 and he absolutely destroys one from 47. I mean, it, it would have gone through from like 55 or 60. And then, after that, I mean, he missed in the second quarter from 49. Uh, the opening drive of the third quarter uh, missed from 37. Both of those would have given us the opportunity to go up by seven points um, and, you know, just make it a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then, obviously, at the end of the game, he misses from 30 yards. Just really strange because um, most times when the kickers kick the ball, it's like end over end. Well, they're like going sideways like a hockey puck. Uh, so something was was not right. Um you know, not saying I expect him to make one from 49. I mean, I can give you a little leeway with that. That's that's nine points that could have been on the board, six points that probably should have been on the board um, on what were otherwise fairly productive offensive drives that we get nothing out of. So there were opportunities to, you know, make it a touchdown game or make it a two-score game, and we couldn't do it, um, which is frustrating. But obviously I'd, I'd rather it be the kicker than the offense not making plays if I had to choose. Um, and then on third downs, I mean, it's kind of a push because our offense was only four of 14. So really, really no, no better than normal. Um, but the defense got off to a horrible start. FSU's first two drives, I mean, they were three for four um, on third downs. And the first third down of the game was third and 13. And we jump off sides back to back, make it a third and three, and then they convert. So, I mean, super frustrating. Um, but then from there on, I mean, they're only one for nine. So they end up being a four of 13. So not going to complain about that too much. I thought the defense, defense really settled in. Um, obviously, Florida State didn't score a touchdown on offense in the second half. They didn't score a point on offense in the second half. 
Um, and then the final part of this was something that I talked about, how the last two games against uh, you know, Pitt and Syracuse, we do this thing where we go to halftime where we're like running the ball for like five, six yards carry with our running backs, and then we just stop handing the ball. Um, but, you know, we ran the ball 43 times on Saturday. It's most in a game since last year against Miami when we ran it 44 times. But by the fourth quarter, it was just a ton of garbage time carries. So it's the most in a game, you know, not littered with garbage time carries since uh, 2018 against South Carolina where we couldn't stop Debo Samuel from scoring from like 65 yards every drive. And we're like, okay, let's just play ball control for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, when you got three good running backs that are, are all averaging around three or, or five yards of carry on the season, it's kind of like, why would you take the ball out of their hands and put it in DJs? Like, that's not been – a profitable contribution to the offense with all due respect to DJ or all due disrespect, however you want to take it. <laughs> um, but obviously, I mean, we had a season high rushing yards of, of 188 the week after we lose probably our best offensive lineman, certainly our most experienced offensive lineman, you know, Will Shipley, uh, we rode him into the ground, 25 carries, he had four catches, ran for 128 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he snapped grease, grease lightning was for real. Um, and then you have Phil Moffa, who who played a good many snaps, but only had nine carries for 69 yards. Um, super unproductive, considering he had his second run of the game went for 63. Um, also, side note, his first carry was like a little stretch play to the right side. And if he just runs it inside of the tackle, there's like 15 yards there with nobody around. But instead, he tried to bounce it outside and lost a yard. So it's stuff like that that, like, it's frustrating, but – the next run when he goes for 63, it's like, okay, I forgive you. Um, but then a couple other things that I, I feel compelled to talk about. So DJ threw a really nice pass, um, a back shoulder fade to Davis Allen, the tight end. We had him split out wide in the corner, and he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, big boy. So it's kind of like this is a good matchup. Um, and DJ made a good throw, made a good catch, um, and we scored on a third down. So it's kind of like that's – that's the good thing that I'm going to say to preface this. So DJ threw an interception midway through the third quarter. Um, so basically to kind of set it up for you, you've got Joseph Ngata by himself on the left side of the field. Then you have Justin Ross uh, down in the boundary on the wide side of the field. And then I think we had Bo Collins in the slot. And both of our guys on the outside, Ross and Ngata, are just running go routes. And then you have whoever the slot guy is. Like I said, I think it's Bo Collins. He's running like a, like a seven-yard out. Um, I don't remember what down this was, but DJ takes a snap and just stares at Joseph Ngata, watches him run down the field. And, I mean, he's well covered. That's the thing about this. But pre-snap, you're looking at it. You've got the strong safety on the right-hand side. He's down towards box. You've got the, the free safety standing back there, one high look. So on that, you're thinking, okay, if I got guys running go routes, whichever side he goes to, I'm going to throw the other way. Actually. Makes a lot of sense. But then – Post-snap, it's a cover two look, so you have the other safety who's down near the box. He's sprinting. He's hauling ass trying to get back down the field to cover his deep half. Um, and the beauty of this, like I said, DJ looks to the left, never looks over at Justin Ross, and Justin Ross gets a free release, stacks the DB, and then you have a safety in him who are running lockstep. I mean, can DJ make the throw to him? No. Sometimes. But is he open? <laughs> but is he open? Yeah. I mean, if you hit him, that's 25, 30 yards. And if he breaks a tackle, he might score. So 
but the the beauty of this is that when I'm watching this, I see him throw into double coverage because his safety is rolling over the top, and he's already covered, and God is already covered, and he just throws it. So, I mean, it's essentially an arm hunt uh, because it's getting picked 100% of the time. It's getting picked. And the beauty of this was that yesterday, Tony Elliott in his press conference was like, they asked him about DJ's interception and throwing in double coverage. He was like, oh, yeah, well, Ngata was the only read. What? <laughs> so here's, here, and here's what's even worse about this. This play, like, granted, there are a ton of passing plays that are designed to go to a certain spot on the field for a certain player. That's, I mean, that's what a primary read is. So we've taken every other read off the table. There's no secondary read. There's no check down. You throw to your primary. And if he's double covered, don't throw it. That's basically what we told DJ, I guess. And he's double covered. He's like, oh, because he can't read other. He can't read. He can't color in the lines. It's clear. He can't. It's a a square peg in a round hole. And it's just not. It's not good right now. But that just tells you how, like, how dumbed down our offense is, and it's still not good. Because, I mean, like I said, it's a one-high look. So, if you if you immediately look right at Justin Ross, do you hold the safety there? Maybe not. But if that's the only guy you're going to throw to, if you're going to work back to the left, I mean, you can do something other than stare him down and still throw it right at two guys. <laughs> I just – I can't – I mean, it's so bad that it's funny. Like, yeah. I watch it and I get pissed off and then I hear Tony Elliott say that and it's almost like this is a freaking joke. We suck. Yeah, it's like he tried to make it easier for DJ and it just yeah, it's still hard, still super hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I, I literally don't get it. But on a more positive note, we actually uh we actually incorporated some throws to the running backs. I mean, Will Shipley on the first drive, first play of the game, we throw a screen to him and he gets destroyed for like a loss of four. Um, <laughs> but then we but then we came back to him. Um, we had a couple other screen plays, um, another one where he kind of leaked out um, in pass protection. And because the way the way our offense is set up, based on what Davo Sweeney said in the past, is that, you know, our running backs, anytime that they're in on a pass protection, they also have like a like a out. So if you're if you're in pass protection on that play and there's nobody for you to block, you leak out of the backfield. And there's a couple of those for Will Shipley that we caught. Um, so just nice to see that we're using the middle of the field and, and trying to get our best players the ball. Um, and the other part is we had the tight ends running over the middle of the field. Um, so that was that was kind of nice. Um, you know, we have a freshman, Jake Brinningstool, um, who's he's tight end, but he looks like a receiver because he, he just he frankly just needs more weight. But he he's fast. And I mean, he runs good routes. He's the best receiving tight end we've got. And, um, you know, we had him running across the middle on just a just like a seven yard slant route I mean there's really nothing to it and if DJ hits him on the numbers um I mean it's probably a 20-25 yard gain but instead it goes for 11 because DJ makes it a highlight real catch because he's got to lay out for it um okay so maybe this wasn't more on a positive note <laughs> but anyway moving on um and then also I talked about the defense just played absolutely out of their minds the entire three final three quarters of the game you know um, so on, on Florida State's opening touchdown, this is really, really upsetting because they have they have heavy personnel in and then they they flex everybody out and they run two tight ends um, out to the left side and the running back over there. And we only got we only put two guys out there against them. 
we got two on three and we're standing in front of the guys that are obviously blocking. So, I mean, it's just a walking touchdown. Um, so that's, that's really not cool. Um, and then obviously the other being the, the touchdown to Toa Feely where he gets tackled, but didn't hit the ground and got up and kept running, which is kind of impressive for him, but not cool for us. Um, but, you know, stuff like that happens. It's, it's literally been one of those years where if, if it can go wrong for us, it, it probably will. Um, but, you know, you'll have that. Um, and like I said, aside from that, we, we pretty much dominated. I mean, we outgained them 377 to 241. We had 22 first downs. They had 12. Um, we won time of possession, 31 minutes. Um, you know, we turned the ball over three times, but we, we turned them over twice. Um, and then, you know, we had six sacks. And Jordan Travis was a lot. Um, so I, I would venture to say we probably had two or three more that we left on the field just because he's athletic and was able to able to wiggle out of the pocket or get away from somebody. Uh, Miles Murphy had a huge game. He had two and a half sacks, I think three and a half or four tackles for loss. Um, so uh, over the last three games where Florida State had gone three and oh, they, I mean, they led the ACC in rushing yards. They were running for like 215, 220 something a game. So they're super efficient running the ball and they only ran for 65 yards on us. Um, so nice to see that. Um, but, you know, 30-second straight home win. Next home game will be against UConn, so hopefully it'll be <laughs> 33. And then we're going to have Wake Forest come in there. Um, so certainly going to be interesting to see how that one unfolds, but obviously we'll talk more about that later. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I mean, you, you win by 10, you, you cover. Um, you get my heart rate up a little bit, you know. All in all, good Saturday. Nice points all year. Yeah, combined. We haven't scored 30, I don't think. <laughs> well, I guess that'll do it, unless we have any more – anything else to say about any week nine matchups. Um, um, Kenneth Walker State, should Michigan. probably win the Heisman. Dude, that <laughs> yeah. was one of the best games I've ever watched. That was the yeah. best game all year awesome so far. Yeah. Awesome game. It was what I had hoped Georgia Clemson would be. Same. <laughs> really, I mean, it could it have was been the complete game. opposite. Yeah, it was the Ugubaduki Bowl. <laughs> oh, God. That's well, two now. So, well, all right. For you guys backing at home. I guess we can uh, go ahead and hop into the next one. So, for anyone listening, thanks. Uh, that's what we had to say about week nine. Peace.